G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There's a really wise insight in the Bible from the first letter to the Corinthians that says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You'll find that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. And for many of us, we have our own stories to tell about how we were led astray because we fell into the wrong crowd. Well, we can think of that sort of biblical wisdom as being important for parents, encouraging our children, our teenagers, about choosing a friendship group or boyfriends and girlfriends. But what about our adult years? What about the circle of influence that we surround ourselves with in business, in our social circle, even in our local church. What's a good balance between protecting yourself from bad character and having your good character to be an influence on your circle of friends? Perhaps there are two circles, your wider circle of influence and your inner circle that shapes your character. Well, this is the sort of thing we'll talk about through this coming hour, and I do want to invite you to join in our conversation. Shortly, we'll open our talkback line on 1-800-316-316. Wonderful to welcome back to 2020, Wendy Burns, who's back with us. Wendy's the author of the book, Remarkable You. Wendy uses her own story to speak into corporate settings in a powerful way with a view to bringing order and harmony into dysfunctional teams and changing the way people work together. Wendy Burns is an executive director on the John Maxwell team, having joined the John Maxwell University. And Wendy Burns, special welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. It's so wonderful to be back with you this morning. And good morning to your listeners. Wendy, a special question that might be important here when we talk about this particular idea of uh, your inner circle and who you might choose, uh, who do you trust with your life? Who do you trust with your vision? I imagine when we talk about that particular scripture, there's, there's some indications there that you've got to be a little bit cautious here. Mm, very much so. And I think it, it took me a long time to really understand the importance of how we select those that we allow to influence our lives. Because those in that close inner circle, and you were very wise when you talked about a wider circle and an inner circle. And it's about looking at who we give uh, the power to speak over our lives. Who do we allow to speak over our lives and influence us in, in who we're becoming? Uh, great, great topic for conversation today. And you know, Wendy, when we talk about an inner circle and a wider circle, uh, I know that some will be saying, well, you know, I haven't got a whole lot of choice who I've got in these circles of friends and people who are influencing me. But but perhaps we do actually have uh, choice when it comes to that inner circle, whereas we might not have as much choice in that wider circle. Very much so. Uh, our wider circle, we, we'll all have a wider circle of friends, uh, everybody. You know, we have associates, colleagues, um, people, you know, within our community. 
But it's those inner circle, those few people, and I'm not talking about a huge amount of people, but those few people that you allow to speak into your life and call to the very good in you. And there's some great, uh, there's four keys that I use when I consider who I allow to speak into my life. And I learned the lessons the wrong way, so I'm now very careful about who I allow to influence me and where, you know, I position myself to influence others. Uh, let's just uh, spend a moment here and uh, in my bit of preparation for our conversation today and knowing we'll talk about this first and I know that there'll be some listeners uh, who'll be particularly interested in what the context is in the scripture and so let me just take us into that for a moment because in the broader context in 1 Corinthians the Apostle mm. Paul is teaching here and he says uh, he says uh, let me just start uh, with verse 31 he says I face death every day Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. And then he says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. But the passage here urges those who are in Corinth who deny the resurrection to accept what is true. And so Paul's warning is about not being deceived around the resurrection because people mixing with some who deny the resurrection. And of course, it may have been a popular phrase being used in the first century. Bad company ruins good morals and uh, bad company as we're saying, and uh, it has a number of ways that you can, uh, you can render that, and there are different sorts of translations. But it's a general thing, isn't it? Bad company corrupts good character, and, uh, and it has broad application right across our whole lives. Wendy, this broad application, it applies to every area of our lives. Mm, absolutely. And, and for me, for a very long time, I allowed the people to be around me that were quite dysfunctional. And, and when we talk about bad company, it can be people that are dysfunctional, that are also making bad choices like we are. So instead of building us up and encouraging us to make the right choices, they're actually, um, I guess the word would be celebrating or, or applauding our bad choices because it relates to their bad choices as well. So bad company corrupts good character is exactly what's happened. So we attract and attract it to like-minded people. So we're if you're in a dysfunctional place ourselves, we can quite often attract dysfunctional people. And, and having that greater awareness of that's what's happening, uh, that, that is so important. But it takes a while to get that awareness. If we're dysfunctional, we're hanging around people that are dysfunctional or bad, or bad company, um, they will they will support our bad choices. And that's why it's so important to think about who we are allowing in that inner circle, who we are allowing to speak across our lives. The people closest to us actually have the greatest impact on our lives. So when we surround ourselves with people who drag us down, it has a detrimental impact on us. I know it certainly did on me. Well, let's talk about you for a few moments here because uh, some of us are going to say, well, well, didn't we hear all this sort of thing from our parents when we were young? But no, we all didn't hear these same things. 
And uh, and when you use the word dysfunctional, I know that your past has a lot of dysfunction in it and uh, in some sense took a long time on the journey to actually make things right. Let's talk about your story here for a few moments then, Wendy. Take us back to some of your dysfunctional years and uh, the, the way you sort of had to fight your way out of that. Um, my, uh, my childhood was pretty... Uh Ordinary. My father committed suicide in front of me and, and included me as part of that suicide. He got me to hand him the gun that he killed himself with. My mother uh, was an alcoholic. They were both alcoholics. She went on to commit suicide on my birthday, on my 17th birthday. So my family was quite dysfunctional. So I grew up uh, thinking that that was normal behaviour. Because as a child, when we grow up in that dysfunctional space, it doesn't seem like it's dysfunctional. It's just what we know. It's all we know. So we have nobody speaking over us, telling us that we can be better, that we can rise above that. So for the first 34 years of my life, my life was incredibly dysfunctional. I hung around with the wrong people. Um, My mother had started me drinking at the age of 13, so uh, alcohol was an issue. Uh, So I hung around with people where alcohol, they didn't see it as an issue. It was part of their everyday ordinary life. And so that was not helping me grow. It was not helping me understand that there could be a better version of Wendy Burns. So we just accept the version that we are. And when we draw people into our inner circle that think that we're okay because they're that in that same state that we're in, we're not helping each other grow in any way and we're not able to see the good in, in anybody, in ourselves or in those around us. We just think this is normal behaviour. Well, when we appreciate that the people who are closest to us have the biggest impact on our life, it becomes an imperative. It becomes one of those things you just have to get out of the dysfunctional circle that is influencing you and get into a circle that's going to in fact promote and help you rise above some of those dreadful behaviors that hold us back but uh, I'm sure you come across uh, people and uh, whether they're in the business setting or people that you're sharing your story with and uh, and they're still in some ways holding on to the dysfunctional people who are around them and being influenced and their whole life trajectory is impacted uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on people making a decision and saying, I've got to get free from this dysfunction? Oh, absolutely. And it's a great point that you've raised there, Neil. We, we tend to stay where we feel safe. And if those people that are around us that uh, accept us for who we are and um, don't encourage us to be uh, better or to call to the gold within us, uh, we, we feel safe in that space because they're not challenging us. When we, we're looking for, and, and it is about choice, when I was 34, I realized that I, when I accepted Jesus, when I became a follower of Christ, I realized that I could actually make some good choices. And we can start as individuals to make good choices in our inner circle. And it doesn't mean you drop everybody right now, but you start to make conscious decisions to sub- subtract those from your inner circle that you know are not speaking good into your life. So it's important when you start to think about the people that you allow to speak into your life. Are they grounded? Are they growing? Are they grateful? Are they generous? Are they people you look up to? Are they people that you would trust with your your closest decisions and your vision and your heart? So starting to think about how you start to build an inner circle of people that will speak to the good in you. Because we all, Neil, we all want somebody that will call to the very best in us, don't we? We do. And let's bring into this conversation, uh, there's 
there's another dimension in all of this, and I mentioned it in the introduction, the idea of what's a good balance, protecting mm. yourself from the bad character of others. But then as Christian believers, we often will say, well, we want to be salt and light. That means actually, uh, you know, being together with, you know, what we understand from the Scriptures, you know, sinners. You know, Jesus accused of, of uh, hanging out with sinners. And so this idea of having good character, once you've got a grip on some of those things, you know what's right and wrong and you're not going to be influenced so much, uh, actually being an influence on your circle of contacts who are in that dysfunctional circle or who are having the bad behaviours in their lives that you know are detrimental. So how do we sort of get this balance here? What are your thoughts, Wendy? Well, I think back to what you said at the beginning, it's about there's two circles. For me, I have a very close inner circle of people that have permission that I know are grounded in God, that uh, I, if they speak something over my life, it's something that I can take back to the Lord and really uh, pray about, and I, would, I trust what they say. Then you have that circle that, that's a little bit further out where you are the influencer. So you have those people that are of the world, as we say on this call today, people that you can bring an influence to. Because once you start to see that you can be the very best version of you, that then empowers you to go out and be able to help other people to become the very best version of who they're created to be. And so that's that outer circle, that that next circle out where maybe there are people from your past that you can speak into and encourage and call to the very best and help them with their choices. And you're right, Neil, we are. We are called to be the church out in the world. And we can't do that if we stay in our very little safe space. But we have to be really sure about our choices first and our boundaries and our decisions and our character and know what we won't compromise on when we're, when we're reaching out into that worldly space where perhaps we've been vulnerable in the past. Let's bring this right down to a really practical type of setting. And, uh, and there are listeners who might like to contribute to our conversation around this idea. Oftentimes, as so many of us are in our workplace, uh, working in a very toxic environment, uh, the dysfunction that's going on there, uh, even the illegality that sometimes uh, goes on uh, in a work uh, space uh, that can even be encouraged by our bosses. So you've got this, in t- this toxic environment at work and, and you find yourself working there and you don't feel like you have a choice that you can just quit and go and get a job somewhere else. So you're, you're, so mo- you're almost stuck into a t- toxic environment. But in your home life, in your life outside of work, you've got something of a sanctuary. Is this a good way to talk about how you might keep sane when you're actually in the sort of environment where, uh, in, a, in a corporate sense, uh, when you're talking about your work, that uh, you, know, you can cope with the toxic levels of things that are going on? Yeah, not not 100% sure on the question there, but let me just go with what I feel. In that workplace uh, where we've all been in those places that have been toxic and full of bullying and Carol, most of us, I guess, the majority, uh, we get to make a choice within that workplace of uh, whether we uh, participate in that uh, whether we're, we are the salt and light within that workplace by not gossiping, not, not participating in the bullying or the toxic behaviour. But coming home to your own home in your own space where you can have that sanctuary of that peace and to be able to uh, know that that is a safe place, it gives you that, that balance, I guess, to be able to go back and face that workplace the next day. But being in the word, we know that's our strength, right? I've been in a toxic workplace where I've gone around, and to be honest, I've gone around and anointed all the day 
desks. I've prayed over that workspace. I've got in there early uh, and, and I've worked to be that salt and light within that workplace. So God, we, we need to go where we can have our quiet time in our own space at home where we can build ourselves up so we can go into that world and we can bring that salt and light and be that godly influence. Uh, Wendy, what about the person listening to us right now saying, uh, I haven't got the inner circle that you're talking about that might be a sanctuary outside of my workplace. The only thing I'm relying on right now is this quiet time before God and being in his word and trying to get some strength from knowing what it is to be a believer. Uh, the idea that, you know, I haven't really got a great uh, sanctuary, I haven't got a, a great inner circle around me that's giving that encouragement to me to rise above all of this stuff. What are your thoughts for that person who's feeling a little lonely when it comes to having this good inner circle? Yeah, and, and people are feeling incredibly lonely even more so, I think, in this COVID time and, and in the isolation that we've all been under. Well, it honestly starts with our time with Jesus, doesn't it? Our quiet time and and. And quite often, I don't have, to be honest, I don't have a lot that I bring in close into my inner circle either. I keep people, uh, I, I'm very wise about who I have in. So so if you, if it's just you and Jesus, then you've got the best quorum that you could possibly have. But then start to think about, are you part of a church community? Are you, if you're part of a church community, maybe there's one or two people within a, a community group or a life group within your church community that you can start uh, to bring in a little bit closer and start to build some people within in your inner circle. Start to think about who you would like to speak over your life. Is it somebody that's showing that they're growing? Is it somebody that's really well grounded in the Lord? So, so be wise. You know, sometimes you're better to have nobody in your inner circle than to have the wrong people. And, and can I add one other thing to that as well, Neil, if yep. that's okay? Yep. There, there's two types of bad inner circles, if I can say that. We started to talk about this a little bit at the beginning, about the dysfunctional one. So we can have a group that's a dysfunctional uh, inner circle around us. But for me, I also had another, when I moved out of that and, and, and was starting to grow, I created an inner circle that was because I wanted to be like that person. It wasn't about getting that person to speak into my life. It was I was still feeling quite unworthy of who I was. So then we create another inner circle because we want to actually be the image of somebody else when really we're still trying to work out who we actually are in God. So without having an inner circle, the, the original question of not having anybody in your inner circle, you're better to be in you and Jesus than to have the wrong people or for the wrong reasons in your inner circle, if, if that makes sense. So you might not formalise an inner circle quickly, but those people that you choose to be role models, uh, there's a certain modelling that can happen whether uh, you, the person that is the, that you're modelling yourself on actually uh, is uh, knows that or not. It's something that mm. is just simply could be between you and God as to what mm. sort of role models you're choosing. Sponsor. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute your thoughts in our conversation today. Uh, talking about good character, bad character, our inner circle of friends. Our special guest is Wendy Burns. Wendy is the author of the book Remarkable, Remarkable You. And uh, Wendy, uh, let me just ask you here, uh, because for some people, um, they're so desperate 
to have a friend, they'll choose anybody to be that friend. And, and it might even work in the way we have relationships and all sorts of things like that too, when we're lonely and we're isolated and someone wants to be our friend, so we'll just take anyone. Is this a problem you've seen over the years? Oh, absolutely. And I, I had that same problem. We become so desperate for approval. And because when we're in that desperate state and we feel quite unworthy, we'll just reach out to anybody uh, and we will, without any discernment on our part, uh, because we want somebody to like us. We want somebody to love us. We want somebody to care for us, even in a friend. And we work really hard to prove our worth by just pulling people into our inner circle without any, any true discernment. And I, lo- I love the scripture that says, become wise by working with the wise, the proverb. You know, Proverbs is just full of so much wisdom. But when we're, unworthy, when we're feeling unworthy and when we're feeling desperately lonely, we will reach out to even those that normally we would not bring in close. And I think that can be a great issue for us. And for me, can I say, even for women, maybe more so than men, and certainly not wanting to make this is, you know, sexist in any way, but women have this innate desire to have friends and yes. this desire to be approved of. Yes, and so uh, we're faced with the dilemma of uh, the friends we choose or the friends who are choosing us because somehow or other you've got to get to a point, no doubt, where you are able to be mature enough to be able to make those friend choices yourself without others choosing our friends for us or uh, in, in some ways there you've got to be strong enough of character to be able to, to say, okay, I'm going to draw a line here and, and I'm going to manoeuvre myself towards a different friendship group. Yes, exactly. And sometimes it's just simply stepping back. I just want to step back for a moment. And I want to think about who am I allowing into that inner circle? Who am I allowing to speak across my life and influence me? Can I trust them? Do they have honesty? Can I respect them? You know, all of those things need to be considered as we start to look at our inner circle. Okay, let's talk about some of the, uh, the virtues of uh, having a good inner circle around you, uh, using the word cheerleader, someone who's a cheerleader, someone who'll cheer you on, mm. and someone who knows, I imagine here, someone who knows you well enough to know your weaknesses and your faults and still be a cheerleader. Now, it could be, a, it could be talk, we could be talking about marriages here too because husbands and wives uh, need a cheerleader for one another. But this cheerleader idea, this is a powerful idea. Oh, absolutely. The, the first time I realised that having a cheerleader, having somebody in your inner circle to cheer you on was when I was at one of my very lowest points. And I had some school teachers that I worked with uh, and I was a teacher's aide at that time, and they cheered me on. They called to what they saw inside of me, even when I didn't see it myself. So when we have somebody that cheers us on, and my husband is one of my greatest cheerleaders, they call to what some they see inside of you. Even when you're blinded yourself, you've got blinkers on, you can't see the good in yourself because so much seems to be so bad around us. And we all need a cheerleader, don't we? Somebody that is strong and positive, and not afraid to say, hey, Wendy, you're better than that, that behaviour. You can do better than that. And that's what a cheerleader, I believe, is in our lives. And where you might find those sorts of cheerleaders, and, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a hobby horse here, but I would always be a champion of the local church. Because, Absolutely. Because people who are in the local church are going to be on the same page as you are. And, of course, they're all in their own journey. And... A lot of people at our churches need to have a cheerleader on their team. 
Uh, but that's where you're likely to find a cheerleader. And, and if it's a, for a young person, it might be a youth group leader, or it could be the family's leader, or it could be the senior's leader. But there's going to be someone in your local church who is a cheerleader. That's a, a, a really good starting point, Wendy, to find someone who can be, in that sense, that role model and part of your inner circle. Oh, absolutely. And for the ladies, the ladies groups, you know, the ladies, the, the women's pastor, the people that can cheer you on. And can I say, when we're in that environment, within that church environment, we can be a cheerleader for somebody else because this is a two-way thing. You know, we should also be cheering others on and calling to the very best in them. So, so it is a two-way thing being that cheerleader, but the church is the best place to start and it's the first place to start. So the questions you might ask of the person who you want to be that cheerleader, the questions you might ask of the people that you want to be in your inner circle, uh, some will say, well, isn't it just hit and miss? I, I befriend someone and, uh, you know, over time it just sort of grows out that, you know, by accident somehow or other they're a good inner circle person. But, uh, but you can be a little bit more uh, decisive about these things. You have a series of questions that you say you should ask of the people who you're going to allow to speak into your life. Yes, and I believe we need to be intentional about that relationship building when we're wanting to have people close in our inner circle. And, and for me, the first one is, are they grounded in, grounded in God? See, we all need to be bigger on the inside than the outside, and that starts in our grounding in God. So those that are close in my inner circle, I see them growing in the Lord. I see them. I see uh, the, how the Lord, they're allowing him to, to work through issues in their life and grow them through those things. So for me, that is number one. Are they growing in the Lord? Are they grounded in the Lord? That is really important, that's, and that's the first point. Uh, that's powerful because, and just to come back to setting that context, when we were uh, looking back at that First Corinthians scripture and uh, Paul talking about those who would understand and be a cheerleader for the resurrection of Christ. Because mm. if you didn't believe in the resurrection of Christ, the only alternative to that is let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So you have... Mm. Uh, the opportunity there for all of the toxic values to take you away. But, of course, that's where Paul says bad company corrupts good character. So this idea of having those people in your inner circle who are on the same page as you spiritually is going to be the start. Otherwise, it's very easy to be drawn away. Oh, absolutely. And that was where I went wrong initially because I didn't know the Lord and I didn't know the importance of having someone that was a, a Christ follower. So grounded in God is a must for me uh, before I would even consider allowing them to influence my life. Wendy, let's continue with uh, our conversation, taking a call first up. Let's hear from Tracy, who is in Dolby in Queensland. Hi, Tracy. Welcome along. Hello. Tracy. Thanks for having me. Good, Tracy. Hi, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I yeah, I, a bit like Wendy, I came from a very dysfunctional family and, um, you know, ended up hanging out with the wrong crowd and doing all the wrong things and um, getting into trouble a lot, really. And then February, I just decided to follow Jesus and my life's just been so peaceful ever since. But I do struggle because I keep to myself, I don't socialise, I don't mix with other people um, and in turn it makes it very lonely, you know, but um, I know I'm never alone, which is good, but I wrestle with some things still, you know, but yeah, I, t I totally um, enjoying the conversation. 
Uh, so, Tracy, is this a fairly recent, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, you discovered Jesus, you've uh, committed your life to him. Is this only fairly recent? Uh, in February, yes, but he's always been with me, even through my youth, even through my whole life, he's been there. You know, I, I, I knew he was there, I sensed him, um, and I hear uh, his guidance, but of course in the wrong crowd, you know, like I didn't pay attention, you know what I mean? But I, I always knew he was there, um, so it took me a long time to finally listen to him. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well that's uh, great to hear, and uh, Wendy, your, your thoughts for Tracy? Oh, Tracy, congratulations on making the first great choice, and that's to follow Jesus. Wow, celebration in heaven in February for that decision. And and you're right, when, when we make that choice, we sort of step back out of that uh, the, the circle that we've been in, and we start to look at things differently, don't we? So, so right now, starting to think about where you can connect in, perhaps uh, with a, your local church, even if it's uh, online at the moment. Some churches are back and some, are, some aren't. But as you start to uh, build up a different circle of friends, you'll start to make some different choices. And that will be great. That's going to start to deliver develop you and grow you in your walk with the Lord. So congratulations. I'm really, really excited for you. You've got such a a great future ahead of you. Tracy, you're in Dolby in Queensland, so the likelihood is that there are churches in your town that are able to open. Have you connected with a local church? Um, I was going to one back last year a couple of times, Um, but I'm very confused over this Sunday worship and the Sabbath and you know what I mean I'm yeah I'd love you to do a show on that actually because (laughs) I think there's a lot of confusion about what's correct okay sometimes that confusion comes and uh, what you probably need to do is just think of something pretty significant and that is that when the disciples took the gospel into uh, into those early mission fields. Uh, they had the believers meeting on a Sunday, and that was a day that, you know, Resurrection Day is, you know, Easter Sunday is Sunday, and so Christian believers began to meet on a Sunday. So uh, just settle that one and say, if it's good enough for the disciples, uh, it's good enough for us to meet on a Sunday. But uh, my encouragement to you is to find a local church that's close to you and uh, perhaps one that has a women's group as Wendy was saying a little early on you know find a great women's group and you'll be you'll be you'll be rocketing forward it'll be fabulous so uh, but uh, just wonderful to hear your story Tracy my encouragement to you is to lock in with a local church and you'll find some great people there and they can become an inner circle uh, that will just be the best thing for you yes Tracy thank you so much Tracy, thank you for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today, talking about the inner circle. And uh, let me just say there's, uh, you know, on the Facebook post today, Carolyn responded and she said this, Wendy, if people continue telling you uh, that you are useless, bad, wrong, etc., you can easily end up being brainwashed and believe it. What are your thoughts for someone like Carolyn who says, you know, we're actually easily brainwashed because of the sort of inner circle we choose? 
Oh, absolutely. They're the bogus stories. And remember, we've had a conversation about those before, Neil. People speak those things across us and they are lives. They are bogus stories. They're not truth. But when we stay in that environment and we let those things uh, be spoken over us, or we're not even letting them, it's just what is spoken over them, over us, we begin to believe that negativity. And it starts, really does start to penetrate our mind. And that becomes our truth. So knowing that you already know, Carolyn, that that's not what you want to hear. So finding a way to step back out of that and finding people that will speak the truth of who you are, that is your goodness and your greatness and that you are remarkable. So, so pulling, pulling that out and finding the gold within you. So finding people that will talk to that in you is a better way to be. But you're absolutely right. When we allow people to speak those negative things over us and when we speak them over somebody else as well, they have power. Words have power. And we believe them. They're like little arrows that come into our heart, aren't they? And they can stick there. A powerful concept when we talk about this idea of being a disciple, a follower of Christ, and knowing that the church is God's idea and that the people he puts around us, sometimes not always easy to get on with, but they're there so that we can, in fact, uh, choose an inner circle of people who'll be an influence on us because there's more biblical wisdom in the idea that wisdom is found in a multitude of counsellors. So we might start off with one friend or one person who is like a role model uh, who then becomes part of our inner circle. But, uh, but here's a, the one to put you on the spot here, Wendy. How many would you have in your inner circle? How many is an ideal number? Are there, uh, you know, can you get so many counsellors that everyone's telling you something different? Uh, what's, what's some insight here into, you know, how your inner circle might look? And I was thinking about this this morning, Neil, actually, about how many people do we have. I have about four people in my inner circle that I trust what they speak across my life. So I I think the, the bigger the inner circle you get, you're going to spend a lot of time in prayer, really asking God about the words that they give you or the things that they speak over you, whether that is truth. So the the more people we have, the more you've got to weigh up and think about, well, is that truth? So coming back to what I said earlier about are they grounded? I have uh, four people that are really well grounded in the Lord, not only grounded in the Lord, but they're growing in the Lord and growing in their lives, continually to grow. So for me, that means that small group then have the power to influence me and to call to the best within me. So, you know, if we have a huge big inner circle, I think that becomes a wider group of friends more than a than a inner circle that's actually going to really speak to the good and, and become that trusted friend. And it can simply be just, maybe it's just your partner, your husband, who's your inner circle friend, you know, that's cheering you on. Maybe it's a couple of family friends. Maybe it's some women from your church group or your pastor's wife. Somebody that's speaking across your life. It doesn't have to be a huge amount of people, but it's just those that you can trust and trust that they are uh, coming from a good place. Interesting one, because on our Facebook post, the question is, does bad company really corrupt good character? Mm. And uh, Pavan on the Facebook post has replied and said, I think bad company isn't necessarily from non-Christians. It can be a person who says they're Christian but have ungodly motives and practices. Uh, That's an interesting one. You know, don't trust everyone even though they're a part of the local church. But what are your thoughts for that one, Wendy? 
Yeah, absolutely. And look, and that can happen, can't it? We know that that can happen. You know, and I love this this form of bad company corrupts uh, good character. Character is about our self-leadership. It is about who we are. So whether it's somebody within uh, the church, a Christian that is was in that inner circle, we still need to take that word back to God. We need to go back and pray about it because what we have to think about the motives behind what people share or say to us, you know, um, Carolyn has just said, you know, the negativity that's spoken over us. We can get that even, sadly, sometimes from within the church environment. We'll, we get that wherever we go. But it's about us taking it back to the Lord and saying, well, is this your truth? Is this God's truth about me? And I think that's where we start to weigh out what is truth and what is not truth. And that's really important. I wonder if if you're looking for an example, uh, Jesus and his 12 disciples, uh, clearly they were the inner circle. And, uh, mm. and I've heard people over the years say, well, it's, uh, you know, it's been pretty impossible to have a inner circle bigger than 12 disciples. 12 disciples, you know, if you can have 12 disciples, <laughs> you know, you're doing as well as Jesus. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so here's his inner circle, 12 disciples, and they were looking to him. So there's this idea of looking to that one in the group that has that level of maturity that is going to be able to speak those words of wisdom as you're growing in your own faith. And more than just growing your own faith, growing in your ability to be a good husband or wife, growing in your ability to be a good employee or be a good boss at work or business owner. All of these things are really powerful when you get the right person or the right people who are speaking into your life. Absolutely. And it's about, as, as I said earlier, about growing as well. It's grounded and growing and all of those important things, grateful and generous, all of those things make up somebody in your inner circle. But you, two, two different things you touched on there, Neil. Uh, we can have, as Jesus had his disciples and they looked to him, we can be part of in somebody's inner circle where people are looking to us for the influence we bring, where we're speaking into their lives. And then equally, we will have another inner circle where, where somebody is speaking into our lives. So it's, not, it's a two-way thing. It's not, we're, we're not just brought people in around us. Um, to um, to speak into our lives, we should also be able to bring a level of influence to those around you know that are in our inner circle as well. So it is that continual growing, and I think Jesus and his disciples is a great example. He did have twelve, and he spoke across their lives continually, didn't he? He called to the very best in them. Yep, and uh, you know earlier we said, uh, does your inner circle lift you up or drag you down? Uh, let's just bring into this for a moment because something you said a little bit earlier, Wendy, where you've got that person who is able to speak into your life, but they're also pointing out some things that need to change. And you could be so arrogant, so prideful uh, that you're thinking, well, this person is actually dragging me down when in actual fact they're speaking some words of wisdom that might just draw your attention to some things that need to change in your own life. You do have to have a certain level of humility, even one to another in an inner circle, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I started to mention that earlier that, you know, when we have people in close in us, to us in that inner circle, it's based on trust, honesty, respect. And that anything less than that does not contribute to your well-being. So your inner circle needs to be people who can call to the best and you take that, that they can challenge you on your choices. So when they challenge us on our choices, we really need to be, okay, I trust them. I'm just going to go back and reflect on what they're talking about. 
because that then becomes the power of reflection, doesn't it? We're reflecting on, is, is what they're saying true? You know, is something, is that not the best that I can be? Because we want somebody to call to that within us, don't we? Neil, if you've got somebody that's saying, Neil, you can be better than that, I know you can, that's not the character of who you are. That pulls us up in our tracks, doesn't it? And makes us stop and think, well, maybe that's correct. Maybe I am better than that. Wendy, what about peers? Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes we talk about peer groups and uh, particularly when we're younger, we're talking about people who are a similar age to us. Uh, Jesus was older than uh, the majority of his disciples. Uh, There's a certain sense in which uh, age brings with it experience, brings with it wisdom. Uh, Is it a good thing in your inner circle, if you're choosing people, uh, to perhaps choose uh, some of those people in your inner circle that might actually have some, some maturity greater than yours? Yes, I think it really is important, particularly at a younger age. Well, even at the age we are now, uh, it's important to have people that have that wisdom and that maturity. Uh, you know, if you've got a, a group of teenagers, God bless them, 17, 18-year-old, and you're, you know, you're getting, uh, trying to get wisdom from them and they're all at the same level you are, uh, you, you know, you'd be wiser, I think, to go to your youth group leader and, and talk to them about some of those hard issues because, you know, quite often the people uh, at that same maturity that we are uh, are struggling with the things that we're struggling with so it's wise to think about the levels of maturity of those within our inner circle and again it comes back for me are they grounded in God and are they growing so maturity with maturity comes growth in all areas of our life doesn't it in all area of our character not just one area of our life well that maturity is obviously a part of what we were talking about when we were unpacking a little bit of the context of the scripture that talks about you know bad company corrupting good character and that was about understanding and believing the resurrection because in Paul when he was saying uh, if you find some people who don't believe the resurrection how on earth are they going to be able to help you uh, to become a person of good character so the the faith depth of the person who is part of your inner circle is going to be an important thing uh, because otherwise they're likely to pull you down because they'll have a whole different set of values that'll make sense to them yes and, and knowing and I think it's so important that we know what our values are what are our core values what are our core beliefs what are the things that I'm making a decision on and I'm not going to move from you know the boundaries that are set around my values the boundaries are set around my character and you make that decision and then you, you choose not, you're not going to move from that when you're grounded in your values of who you are. And they're the values that we have as we follow Jesus, aren't they? They are. Hey, let's bring this into our workplace because uh, it's great talking individuals, great talking family. A lot of people, uh, when they're challenged with a whole lot of uh, ethical things, oftentimes it's happening in their workplace. Uh, The idea of being discerning and then becoming an influence in your own workplace, uh, that's a a challenging thing, but you're, you're encouraging of people to in whatever workplace you're in uh, to actually uh, you know ha- start to have some influence with good values what are your thoughts around that yeah again i come back and say knowing your values and then in those workplaces where we, you know and i've been in one of those workplaces where decisions are made that don't uh, uh, equate to the values that you have being really aware of there's times when you have to follow instructions that you're given and stay with those instructions, even if it's outside your value set. But carrying the influence, the best influence you can uh, around your value set to be able to be, because people do what people see. 
So if you uh, demonstrate good values in who you are and what you do, you will start to bring a greater influence in that workplace. So again, knowing who you are, knowing your value set, knowing what you won't go outside of, and that's staying with your integrity. You know, you, you live your life and you make choices that continue to make your character and create your character. So staying within those choices as much as you possibly can within a workplace. Sometimes those choices are taken out of our hands, but we do the very best that we can. You know, this idea of these people in our inner circle bringing out the best in us, uh, there's nothing like someone bringing out the best in us. If we've known the experience of being in a circle where people have brought out the worst in us, uh, because the worst values will have their own ramifications, not only for our well-being, but for our health, uh, all sorts of choices there around uh, and you know, things like alcohol or uh, mm. drug abuse uh, or bad relationships, uh, those sorts of things that are the evidence of having a bad inner circle. Uh, they are very obvious. So really making decisions here, one of those things that will affect the rest of your whole life. How, how do you think about uh, the idea of having the long-term plan in the, in the choice of people? Because you might not be choosing the most popular people to be in your inner circle. They might not even look like the sort of people that you ordinarily mix with. But, but somehow or other, you've got to find that gold within the life of that individual so that you can be the one who is, you know, the best is being brought out in you. And, and equally so, you're bringing out the best of the others around you, absolutely. So it is about, you know, what influence does that person have? You know, what influence do they carry? Is that influence for good? And, and sometimes we have to make those hard decisions and, and um, subtract ourselves from a group of friends that aren't uh, being influential in a good way across our lives. So it is about an intentional action. Who do you allow to speak into your life? Do they demonstrate the values that you want to uh, represent across your life? And in this day and age of social media, the integrity of whose advice you take, because uh, coming back to something you said earlier, uh, make God's word the primary influence on our lives. We'll know the integrity is good. But we're getting those influences coming from online, our social media connections, all of the sources of information that we choose. All this is a part of uh, really the way that we can choose the inner circle. Some of the inner circle might not even be real people. Yeah, exactly. We, we're so uh, influenced by social media today, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all the other, you know, Twitter, all those things that are out and about. So again, you know, how much are we allowing into our mind? You know, what are we allowing into our hearts? Because even on Facebook, as you're scrolling through, you're allowing those things into your life and your mind and your heart to influence you. So really, it's good to do a bit of a stock take. You know, where am I? What am I doing? What am I allowing to speak across my life? Whether it's uh, within a group of friends or for, is it from TV? Is it from Netflix? Is it from uh, social media? And those things that are affecting our behavior and affecting our choices. So thinking today, how could you start to, uh, to create a different inner circle, a different area or group, whether it's, you know, the social media, what, what am I looking at? What am I watching? What is, you know, what is serving me well and what isn't? What's affecting my choices? Really important to step back and start to reflect in a different way. 
Well, Wendy, we are running short of time, and uh, let me just reflect on the question that I've asked listeners to respond to on our Facebook post today. Does bad company really corrupt good character? And I said earlier on, it'll be one-sided, and it certainly is. 100% of people who are responding to that poll are saying, yes, bad company really does corrupt good character. So if everyone believes that, then there's no excuse, is there? Somehow or other, we've got to be able to make some changes when we know that the circle that we've chosen is bringing out the worst in us. And uh, for that person who's thinking, uh, this is interesting information, I'm going to have to apply this into my setting, what are your thoughts just for that person who's saying, I know that I'm mixing with the wrong crowd now. They're a bad influence on me. I know I need to break from it. Uh, But once this conversation's over, maybe it'll all just go away. What are your thoughts for that person who's saying, now is the time, but I've just got to have a bit of courage to make that happen? It does take courage to be able to step out of something that's that's familiar and feels safe to us. But can I encourage you just to stop for a moment and think about, is this what you want spoken across your life for the rest of your life? Because what's happening now will affect where you go and where you grow. So have the courage, be be brave and courageous, as the word says, be strong, be brave and courageous to step out and start to think about how can you bring about some change uh, within your inner circle? Who could you trust to speak across your life and know that they're speaking good? So just stopping, starting to reflect, starting to think about what could be different, what would it be different, what would look differently if I had different, uh, sorry, had other people speaking across my life, how could my life be different in that moment? Well, Wendy, I always like to give listeners an opportunity to connect with guests on 2020. And so uh, today I want to give you a website, uh, remarkableu.com.au. Now, just to say that you do do some more things than, uh, than just have your book, uh, Remarkable You, uh, you do some consulting for business, and, and I'm sure that that doesn't happen as much face-to-face, but is there online opportunity for those who are in business? They've got teams, and uh, they know that they've got dysfunctional teams, and they might be just uh, thinking, you know, how can I get Wendy to talk to my, uh, my work outfit? Um, how do people connect with you if they want to get you on a sort of a corporate uh, insight through a Zoom meeting or whatever like that? Uh, can that happen? Yes, absolutely. And through my, uh, my website, uh, Wendy Burns Consulting, or at wendy at wendyburnsconsulting.com.au. And I'm available. I do a lot of things. Well, everything is virtual today. Even the keynotes are virtual. So, yes, I'm available for all of those things, coaching, speaking into um, companies, organisations, teams. Happy to help in any way that I can. Okay, Wendy Burns Consulting or the website remarkableu.com.au. Wendy's book is called Remarkable You, A Journey to Discover Hope Within. And uh, what we're talking about today and in this circle of influence uh, is just one little part of Wendy's big story. And so remarkableu.com.au. Wendy Burns, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and heart with us today on 2020. Neil, thank you so much for having me back again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.